Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining me on Luke Bruger Podcast. I want to take a minute today to talk about uh, ministry and eventually get to one key that I believe is the most important key for succeeding in ministry. Getting, getting to represent Jesus is the most important role, the most wonderful, most noble role that we can have in our lives. The most important thing that we can do when we get to represent Jesus as believers, you know, the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So being able to, to have that role on earth is the most important thing that we can be involved in. And in Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, and say to Archippus, this is Paul kind of concluding his letter. He's wrapping things up. One of the last couple of verses, he says this, take heed to the ministry, which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. So he's, he's giving this instruction to this guy and he says to take heed or to pay attention to the ministry. So the, the ministry that we have, it's not supposed to be a back burner issue. We're supposed to give it our attention so that we're able to fulfill it. You know, when we talk about having a call on our lives or having a ministry, getting to, to play a role in the kingdom of God, that's not just so we can feel important. It's not just so, hey, it feels nice to know that I'm called, that I have giftings. It says, take heed so that you're able to fulfill it, that we actually have a responsibility, not just to know that God wants us to do something important and special, which he does, but you've got a responsibility to take the steps so you're actually able to fulfill the calling that God has on your life. So he says this, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Now, we don't know if this Archippus guy is an evangelist, or uh, a pastor. We don't know if he's one of the fivefold. He doesn't say the apostle, archippus, or anything like that. And I think that's that's good because if he was, you know, the apostle or the evangelist, then we could maybe say, well, that just kind of applies to a fivefold ministry gift. We all have a calling on our lives, and we all have a ministry to fulfill. And so this instruction he gives to this guy is something that applies to each one of us. That we've got to take heed to the ministry, whatever it might be that God has given you so that you're able to fulfill it. In Ephesians chapter four, verse one, Paul says this, lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. He's writing this to the entire church uh, of Ephesus, all of the Ephesians. He says, you have been called by God. It wasn't just the pastor. It wasn't just a, a few people that every one of us have a, a call from, from God. In John chapter 15, when Jesus talks about the branches being fruitful, he doesn't just say, you know, a couple of the key branches need to bear fruit. He says all of the branches, everything that's connected to the vine, connected to Jesus, has a responsibility to bear fruit, that God wants our lives to produce something. So it's not just the, the five-fold apostles and, and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That that's not just ministry. All of us have a call on our lives to do something to fulfill, to, to advance the kingdom of God. So the pulpit or preaching is not the only thing that God considers ministry or leading worship. Ministry is, is far broader than just that narrow scope. And sometimes people in the church, when they think of ministry, only think of things in those terms when people have a microphone in their hand or they're on a platform. I was with some people just recently and 
just kind of listening to their conversation and they were talking about God using people and ministering and I could tell they were struggling to think of ministry outside of the scope of preaching and singing songs in church and those things are incredibly important we need people preaching uh, from from pulpits but that's that's just a part of ministry as a, as a whole and so I want you to think of ministry as anything anything that contributes to building God's kingdom any contribution to lifting up the name of Jesus or or glorifying Jesus that that is ministry so it can be administration it can be serving behind the scenes it can be even at, in your home raising children to know God and to love him and honor him it can be uh, giving financially it can be leadership I mean really that the scope of what ministry is is enormous and so what makes ministry ministry is not the activity it's the motive and the goal of what that activity is the activity doesn't make ministry ministry it's not just preaching or singing a song in front of people it's the motive and it's it's the goal one of the problems when people think of ministry just in a narrow scope of you know preaching teaching and, and singing songs is that it, it makes it difficult if not impossible to think that you're doing something that contributes, that you're, you're ministering if you're not participating in one of those couple activities. And so it just makes it very small, very small window for people to participate in building God's, God's kingdom. And another problem is that when people love the Lord and people want to honor Jesus, they want to participate in building God's kingdom. If they think the only way to really do that is to be a pastor or to be a worship leader, then you have people that are, are squeezing themselves, forcing themselves into roles that they really don't have a grace on their life to fulfill. And so it can end up doing more damage. You have people being frustrated and, and disappointed in trying to honor God instead of full of joy and, and fulfilled. So what makes ministry ministry is, is the motive and the goal, not the activity itself. There's, there's a story in the Bible about a woman washing Jesus' feet and people start uh, criticizing her. People start uh, you know, saying she should stop it. Jesus should stop her. It's a waste of money. And people are, are criticizing. And Jesus t says to leave her alone that she's blessing me. She's, she's ministering to me. This woman was ministering to Jesus by cleaning, by cleaning his feet. And so it wasn't the activity. It was the motive. It was the desire behind it. That doesn't mean that all foot care is ministry or if you're not you know, cleaning people's feet or providing foot care, then you're not really ministering. That's not what the conclusion we come away from that with. It's the, it's the, the motive and the goal. She was honoring Jesus. Jesus considered that, that ministry. So what makes ministry ministry isn't the activity. It's the motive and the goal. And the, the reason I say all that, I want to give... A key to succeeding in ministry but I wanted to say all of that just to lay the foundation that it's not doesn't just apply to people in, in five-fold ministry people who work for a church or travel on the road that this applies to all of us who know Jesus because we all have a call to minister and to build the kingdom of God so the key I want to talk about is this that the key to ministry is to forget about ministry and I heard a man of God say that and when I what I understood him to mean by that was not to say, hey, we shouldn't try to strive for excellence or learn how to be more effective in what God's called us to do. But there's got to be times where we forget about all of, all of the, the practical hands-on stuff or all of the mechanics of ministry 
and, and focus on our relationship with the Lord, just to focus on his presence. So the key, the key to ministry is you've got to have times where you forget about ministry. You have times where you just, your focus is on Jesus. Your focus is on your relationship with the Lord. And I, I want to use Moses as an example and look at a few verses from Exodus chapter 3. Moses uh, had a significant call on his life. Moses had an amazing ministry leading the entire nation of Israel out of Egypt and up to the, the edge of the promised land. So he, he's a great example for us. And so I want to read a few verses. Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So Moses is out. He's got a, a flock of, of animals. He's got business to attend to. He's got a schedule to keep. He has a, a job that he, he's working on, responsibilities. But he has this moment where he says, you know what? I'm going to turn aside. I'm going to forget about all of those things. I'm going to step out of my normal daily routine and my activities, my responsibilities, forget my, my own personal agenda. I'm going to turn aside from those things and just give God my attention. I want to see what God is doing. I'm going to turn aside. And if you notice the next verse, it says this. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. So, so when God saw that Moses turned aside from everything else just to give God his undivided attention, that God began to speak to him from the middle of that, that burning bush. So all that God wanted to do in Moses, all the incredible things that God was going to do through Moses, all of it came out of this, this willingness, this desire, this moment where he turns aside from everything else and just takes time to, to focus on the Lord. You know the story. He ends up taking off his shoes and he's on holy ground, a sign of reference. He's just taking time to worship God, just to stand in awe of, of the Lord. That we've got to have times where we just, God, we worship you, we stand in awe of you, we give him our undivided attention. And if you, you skip down to verse 10 in the same chapter, it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God says, Come now, and I will, I will send you. That's the order of how God works in all of us. Come, come to me, and out of the coming, out of the drawing near, out of the turning aside and giving God our attention, that, that time alone with the Lord, out of the coming, that's the, the going comes out of the coming. The sending is a result of first being willing to come to the Lord. That is a pattern of how, how God works in people's lives. If we skip to uh, the New Testament, Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Jesus is calling the 12 disciples. It says, Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. He, he called them that they might first, number one, be with him, come near to me, have, have relationship with me, and out of that is the sending and going out. That's the pattern, and we, we can't skip it. My fruitfulness in going is born out of my faithfulness in coming my time of just drawing near to the Lord, focusing, forgetting about ministry, forgetting about success, forgetting about all the things I want to accomplish in my life, and just focusing on my relationship with, 
with the Lord. That, that, that's the pattern of being used by God, of being fruitful in ministry, is forget about ministry. Turn aside from all that and give God our attention. If you know the story of Moses, later when he was, he was challenged in his calling, when he went to the Israelites, when he went to Pharaoh, and they said, you know, who sent you? Why should we listen to you? Who are you? Why, why does what you say matter to us? Why should we listen to you? Who do you think you are? That what he was able to say, what he was able to stand on when he was challenged, came out of what he received when he turned aside to give God his undivided attention. When he was asked, who sent you? And he was able to say, I am that I am is the one who sent me. That came out of what he was able to draw on when he was, his calling was challenged, came out of that time alone with the Lord. When you're working to carry out your assignment, there's going to be times where you're challenged. Maybe it's an obstacle that needs overcome. Maybe it's people that are being difficult and trying to stop you. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's doubt in yourself. Maybe it's emotions that you're struggling with. It, when you are challenged by whatever it is, you've got to have something to draw on to give you strength in those moments that comes out of that time you spend alone with, with the Lord. Moses could have attempted the very same assignment. He could have, have attempted to walk into to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. He could have uh, attempted that, but when he said, hey, who sent you? And he had nothing to respond with, nothing to say, I am that I am sent me. Nothing to draw on out of that quiet time, none of, nothing to draw on out of that secret time with the Lord, then he would have been a failure. That would have been the end of, of his calling. He would have hit that first challenge and failed. So that, that's the pattern that we see, that the going is born out of the drawing near. Come, and I will send you. And we can't skip the coming. That's not just a one-time thing. That's not just at the beginning of a ministry. That's continual in being effective in ministry, that we've got to have time where we turn aside and draw, take time to hear from the Lord and let, let him send us out from there. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take time and use this as a prayer point, something to pray about that your passion for the Lord would grow. So you'd pray this, ask God, Father, give me fresh hunger, fresh fire for you that more than my desire for success, more than my desire uh, to be used and be fruitful, more than my desire for anything else, that my desire for you, I would be able to seek you with all of, all of my heart. So let's take a minute and pray along those lines right now. Father, I thank you for each person watching, each person listening. And God, I pray you give us grace to love you more than we love anything else. Father, give us fresh fire, fresh hunger and desire for you more than anything else, God, that beyond wanting to be successful, beyond wanting uh, to be used, God, we'd want to know you, that the, the success that we have, the fruit that we bear in our going out would come from being faithful and drawing close to you. Father, I pray a blessing on each person that's listening. I pray that they would be fruitful, and God, most of all, they would have a desire the ability, the grace to seek you with all of their heart so that they can find you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen or, or to watch. I appreciate it. love for you to, to share this with someone, and we'll see you next time.